Hey, welcome to Victory Church Online. My name is Troy, my wife Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. And hey, if you're visiting with us, maybe you found us online. I just want to say welcome. So glad to have you join us. If you're a part of our Victory Church family, I want to tell you hi. We love you. And it's so exciting to be able to be in your home this Sunday morning uh, looking at the word together. Again, if you've just found us recently, we normally meet at Rock Springs Middle School right here in Smyrna, Tennessee. And God is just doing an incredible thing in and through us in this community. And so again, just so glad to have you join us. Hey, as a church, we've been in a series over the past couple of weeks called Family Matters. And the point of it has been taking this season, this, this interesting, crazy concept that we're going through of being quarantined in our homes and having a shift of perspective and using this time, not so much trying to get through it, but hey, what can we get out of it? And so the first week we talked about eight whales that we could use this time to reopen whales in our life, uh, that, that over time, because we became busy or because we just got comfortable, we allowed those whales to become filled. We talked about the well of marriage and the well of family and how we could spend more time with them. And we talked about the well of rest and how we can get too busy, the well of faith, the well of generosity, the well of prayer and Bible reading. And, and hopefully you took those notes down and you've been kind of talking to your family, your spouse. Hey, how can we be better in this area? Maybe you're just talking to God. How can I be better with my prayer time or, or the, my scripture reading time? Last Sunday, hopefully you got to watch this, Pastor Brian did a phenomenal job taking us through what he said, and I believe as well, is the most essential well, which is the well of prayer. And I just believe that if you'll get that well reopened, it'll have an influence on all of the other wells. So today is the day we're going to bring this series to a close, and I want to introduce to you a principle, a pretty simple principle, but it's also a very familiar principle. All It goes all throughout the Bible that if we will take this principle and apply it, and it's pretty easy to apply, but if we'll apply it to every area of our life, we will see huge impact. And I believe we'll be able to see every well be opened. Now, this principle, you can find it in the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. But this morning, we are going to look at it in the book of Exodus chapter 13. So if you got your Bibles, go grab them. Turn to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus is the second book in the Bible. So you got Genesis, Exodus. Turn to chapter 13. If you're using your phone, just Google Bible Gateway, whatever, Exodus 13. If you have neither, it'll be on the screen here in a moment, and you can just follow along with us. So we're going to start reading at verse 1, read a few verses, pause, and then go to a couple of other verses. So Exodus chapter 13, verse 1. And it begins like this. The Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Then Moses said to the people, commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. So Moses is saying, hey, consecrate these things for the Lord and do it as a commemoration to the fact that God has provided and delivered. It's just an incredible concept. And then we're going to skip down to verse 11. So that was verses 1 through 3. Verse 11 starts like this. And Moses is still talking. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised on oath to you and your ancestors, you are to give over to the Lord, watch this, the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. That's important for you to remember here in a moment. Redeem with the lamb every firstborn donkey. And we're going to talk about that towards the end. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck and redeem every firstborn among 
your sons. All right, here we go. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell the people in the room that are with you the title of my message. Now, you can no longer grab them because you have to be six feet apart. So look at them. Tell them, say, look at me. Look at me. If you're alone, just scream it out the window of your car or whatever. But tell them to start off by this saying, God, I need you to bless my mess. <laughs> God, I need you to bless my mess. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of areas in my life right now that are a mess because of this whole quarantine thing that aren't normally a mess. I mean, I'll give you some examples. My fitness life right now is a mess. You know, I, I can't go to the gym, so I'm trying these home workout things and I don't quite get it. It's a lot more cardio than I'm used to. I'm just putting yoga pants on and running around the living room pretending like I have an exercise plan. And then my eating is terrible because we've got all these groceries in case we can't leave the house. And now they're all there just saying, eat me, eat me. So I'm eating horrible and it's just been quite an experience. Uh, another area uh, of my life that's a mess, it's not normally a mess, is my home right now because both of my kids are just here all the time. What a concept. And so even if Darla and I clean the living room for a moment or their bedrooms for a moment, they just come right through and mess it all up again in just a few seconds. And so everywhere I look, there's a mess. Another area that is probably soon going to be a mess. Those of you that know me, I get my hair cut every two weeks. And I was talking to Pastor Brian the other day and he said, hey, you might not be able to get your hair cut for another month or a month and a half. And I started thinking, oh boy, <laughs> right? All I could picture was Tom Hanks and Castaway and just like, that's so be ready for that. That's what it'll look like here in a few weeks. But there's just so many areas right now that seem like a mess that aren't normally a mess. And I just need God to bless them, right? Well, and then on top of everything, uh, Darla's been watching a lot of Fixer Upper. And so I'm kind of in the spirit of chip gains right now. And so like, I'm just going around and finding areas that are a mess and just trying to fix them. I'm trying to just renovate everything. I'm trying to renovate what it looks like on the porch and I'm trying to renovate what it looks like in the garage. I'm outside, people putting their trash. I'm just grabbing their trash and trying to make art out of it. Right? No? Okay. A anyway, I think we're all kind of in that deal where we can't leave our homes. So especially us men, we're just looking for what? Some of us are tearing down walls in our house. Some of us are trying to cut down trees that we shouldn't have any business cutting down. We're going crazy right now trying to just find something to fix. And here's what it made me think about. It made me think about us in these wells and how we're talking about reopening these wells. And it made me think this, is it possible that some of us are like, all right, pastor, I hear you. We should reopen wells. But when you list those wells and I look at them, I'm looking at wells that don't necessarily need to be reopened. They need to be restored. Like they're, they're flat out falling apart. I'll give you some context. Like how am I supposed to reopen the well of marriage if my marriage is on the brink of divorce, or maybe we've already signed the papers? How am I supposed to reopen the well of parenting when my kids are already teenagers? There's things these past couple of weeks, Darla and I have been saying, I wish we would have raised them differently, right? How do you do that when they're 10 years old? How do you reopen a well of parenting? How do you reopen a well of rest when your schedule's so busy? How do you reopen the well of generosity when your bank account won't let you? How do you reopen these wells when honestly, they're just falling apart right in front of your eyes. And I think there's this principle in the Bible that is so clear. And honestly, it's, it's very easy, very applicable that if we will put into motion in these areas of our life, we'll not only see them reopen, we'll see them be restored. Unfortunately, 
A lot of us have been raised with a perspective of using this principle simply towards our finances. And so we either use it in that vein and abandon it, or we kind of turn our nose up at it altogether. And a lot of people are missing out on the blessing of God because we're not uh, applying this principle to every area of our lives. So, so let's talk about it. This principle that not only will help us reopen our wells, but it'll help us restore them. Here we go. That principle is the principle of first. The principle of first. So look at Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 again. Look what it says. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me. So here's the principle that's introduced. Consecrate. That means that's a fancy word for set apart or set aside, right? Remember when you were growing up and mom would go get the bucket of chicken from Kentucky Fried Chicken and she'd say, leave the big piece of chicken for dad, right? And you would set that piece of chicken aside for dad. That's kind of what this is saying. God's saying, hey, everything that you're blessed with, everything that you get from the moment you're born, anything that you're blessed with financially, anything you're blessed with family, anything you're, anything that you are blessed with, set aside, consecrate, put aside the first of it and give it back to God. In other words, if we are going to see, or put it like this, the key to seeing every area of our life blessed is to make sure that God keeps his right place of priority in all of those areas. If God remains first, if we put God first in all of those areas, every area that we've named from our marriage to our family life, to rest, to our finances, to our prayer, if we will put God first in all of those areas, if we will give him the first, because the first is always the best. We'll come back to that in a minute. But if we'll give God the first, then he'll be able to bless all of those areas. Recently, Darla and I and the girls were working on a puzzle, a thousand piece puzzle. Now, I don't know how many of y'all are puzzle people. I don't normally do puzzles because I don't normally have the time for puzzles, but we have nothing but time right now and what we're facing. And so we, we put a puzzle out on the table and we started working on it. And I worked on it for honestly about five minutes. And I was like, Darla, I'm done. I'm angry. I want to punch the people in the picture of the puzzle. And so I no longer want to do the puzzle. And she was like, don't be a quitter. You know, I started quoting scriptures at me. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I'm like, be quiet. And so I said, fine, I'll sit down. I did the puzzle. And so I started the puzzle. Now, now I get into the puzzle and I'm competitive. Like I'm going to, if it takes me till four o'clock in the morning, I'm going to put together this puzzle. Now there's a secret to putting together puzzles. I'm about to blow your mind. Those of you in the room who do puzzles, you know this. Those of you who don't, you don't. You start by putting what together first? The border. The border. When you put the border together first, everything else just falls in place. So I started that process and, and I just could not get the border to fix. I worked on it for, for minutes. It wasn't hours. Chill out. But I worked on it for minutes and I could not get the border to fit right. And it was put in effect on everything. And finally, Darla showed me. She said, hey, this piece, and she put, pulled this little piece. She said, this piece is in the wrong place. And so once I was able to put the right piece in the right place, it all went back together. Look, the principle we can learn from the borders of a puzzle is the same principle we can learn right now for our lives. And that is this. When we have God in the right place, everything else can come into alignment. When we don't have God in the right place, nothing else can come into alignment. We have to put God first in every area of our lives. So now you say, well, okay, I've heard that a lot. 
growing up or, or just in Instagram you know, graphic quotes or whatever. I've always heard, put God first. But what does that mean, right? What does that actually look like in our everyday life? And so I just want to take a few moments. And I'm just going to go through some, some scenarios in our life and how we can practically put God first, right? So first of all, how do you put God first in your year? right? So 2020, how do we put God first in our year? At our church, we always start the year off with about three weeks of prayer and fasting. It's not always the same time frame, but it's always the beginning of the year. We start off by praying and we fast something. And that's our way of saying, all right, God, this is your year. Have this year, do whatever you want to with this year. So that's, we're giving God the first part of the year and that's how we're honoring him. We're consecrating the year for him. There's another way that you can give him the first part of your week, and it's called the Sabbath, okay? A lot of us think that Monday is the beginning of a week, but Sunday is actually the beginning of the week. And when you start off giving God the first of your week, which is the Sunday, the Sabbath, you give it to him by you go to church, you honor him, and then you find time to rest on that day. You normally don't work. I know systems are different in 2020, but for the most part, you try not to work. You try to spend time with your family and your friends. It's just a time where you're honoring God with the first day of the week so that you can bless the rest of the week. Um, another thing you can do is you can give God the first of your day, right? And so we've given God the first of our year and our week. Now we can give God the first of our day. What does that look like? Wake up. And as soon as you can breathe, right? As soon as you've had your coffee or you at least can, you know, do a two plus two equation when you feel like you know enough, read the Bible, pray, have a quiet time, walk, talk to the Lord, give him the first of your day, right? So we've given the first of the year, first of the week, first of the day. We can give God the first of our finances. And that's a whole principle throughout scripture called tithing, where you give God the first 10% of your finances. That's how we give God the first of our finances. And so now you say, okay, well, how do we give God the first of our marriage and our family and those kind of things? Well, there's two ways. Number one is a little bit vague, and that is just putting God in those things, right? So if you're praying with your family and you're praying with your wife and you're both having a quiet time and when you have decisions to make, you're including God, right? That's one way is just putting God in your marriage and putting God in your parenting in your home. But another way is this. I said this earlier, the first part is the best part. So one of the ways that you can honor God in your marriage and in your family is to give your wife and your husband and your kids the best of you not what's left of you. Come on now. That was good. Some of y'all should tweet that right now. Give them the best of you, not what's left of you. And that's a way that we can honor God. So we're giving God the first of our year and we're giving God the first of our week and we're giving God the first of our day and we're giving God the first of our finances and we're giving God the best and the first into our marriage, into our parenting, and we're putting God first in every area. See, I think a lot of us have been taught that the blessing of God is connected to an amount, right? How, how much do I have to pray to be blessed by God? Or how much of the Bible do I have to read to be blessed by God? Or how much money do I have to give to be blessed by God? How much, how much, how much? I don't think the blessing of God follows an amount. I think the blessing of God follows an order, right? Because when we give God first, that's communicating trust towards him. I want to read you another verse in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and it says it like this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Another version of that says, seek first the kingdom of God, right? Seek first the kingdom of God, and then 
all of these things will be added to you. So what does that have to do with? That has to do with order. It doesn't say seek all day the kingdom of God. It doesn't say seek for 20 hours of the day the kingdom of God. It just says seek first. It's not about an amount. It's about an order. If you have a decision to make, seek God first. If you have money in your hand, seek God first. If you have a problem, seek God first. It's all about the order. It's all about the number. God's ability is so good. God's ability to bless my marriage. God's ability to bless my home. God's ability to bless my family. God's ability to bless my job. God's ability to bless me comes by who am I seeking first? Who do, who do I go to first? Do I take it to God first? Because if I go to him first, then I allow God the opportunity to bless it. It's about the order. Listen to me right now. Here's your shift of perspective. Quit thinking about the amount, how much time, how much money. Quit thinking about that. Start thinking about the order. I want to give it to God first. I want to give God the first of my year, the first of my week, the first of my day. I want to give him the best of me, not what's left of me. Look at it like this. We often think that giving or putting God first is giving him one out of 10. I think putting God first is giving him one when the other nine aren't even guaranteed. Right? It's giving him what we have now when we don't even know if something else is coming. Let me show you a little bit more of that, but I want to give you this thought. If we will put God first, watch this. If we have the principle of first in our life and we put God first, he can bless the rest. Isn't that good? If we put God first, he can bless the rest. Proverbs puts it like this in chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Give God the first fruits. There's another version that says, give God the first fruits of all of your increase. Meaning that this principle of first is not just about your money. Now listen, it is about your money. Don't, you know, don't think that it's not. Everything you've ever heard a preacher tell you about tithing and the blessing of tithing and the concept of giving God the first 10, it's all true. It's all about your finances, but it's also about all of your increase. It is about your marriage. That was an increase for you. The Bible says that, that a wife is a blessing, right? That was an increase for you. Sorry, there's no scripture about husbands being a blessing. Just is what it is. But that was an increase for you. Kids, that was an increase for you. Now, whether or not you're regretting it and wanting to return them, not, not a possibility, but it was an increase for you, right? The job was an increase. The blessing was an increase. It's giving God the first fruits of all of your increase. Now, let me help explain this a little bit. The Lord showed me this a while back and it really helped me because a lot of us were not into the agricultural world right now. We don't wake up and go check our, you know, our crops or our harvest or whatever. So when we read something like give God the first fruits of your crops, we just kind of glaze over, you know, it's the whole Charlie Brown, wah, wah, wah. We don't, it doesn't fully uh, register to us. So let me set it up like this, and then you'll see how it applies to your life. Let's go back to the time frame where Jesus would have said this, or where God would have said this to Moses. And let's talk about the lifestyle that they had. Their, their finances, right? Their income was livestock and crops, right? They didn't have dollar bills, they didn't have banks. It was livestock and it was crops. That's what, that's, that was, people would judge your self-worth 
right? Not off of dollar bills, but how many crops do you have and how much livestock do you have and so on and so on. So that was the, the money system for people in that day. Okay. So now let's take the crops. It's, it's crop season. We're getting ready to, we'll just say watermelons for the sake of, I don't know, for the sake of this sermon. So you're getting ready. The season's coming and you're getting ready for watermelons to start, you know, growing, producing. And the crop happens the first season and all the watermelons for this first of all your crops, it just produces watermelons. There you go. Boom. You got a bunch of watermelons. So basically you just got paid. Every time livestock had a kid, you got paid. Every time your crops produced, you got paid. So it was payday. It was the first of the month, the 15th of the month. You just got paid. Now here was what you, you had two options that you could do. Option one is you could take all those watermelons, gather them and go sell them or trade them or whatever the process was and get increase. That's what you could do. You could go and use them for your benefit, spend them, quote unquote, make money. And then you could come back, watch this. And then you could either trust yourself. You could trust fate. You could trust mother nature to uh, influence your next crop season, right? Your, your next growth of watermelons. So you, you take it for your benefit and now you have to set, and I don't know what your trust system is, your ability to, to, uh, you know, pr you know, farm well, or whether or not mother nature is going to bless you with rain. I, I don't know what your trust, your trust system is at that point to you getting more watermelons. The other option is this with your first fruits, you could pick them and you could go take them to the church and you could give them to God right? You wouldn't get any resource. You wouldn't get paid. And then you can go back home, watch this. And now you can trust God for the second season, right? Am I communicating this well enough? Okay. You get your first fruits and you either, you have two choices. You either keep them to yourself and do what you want, or you give them to God. If you give them to God, you now are saying, God, I trust you with my second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and 10th fruits. If you don't give them to God, then you're just trusting culture, you're trusting yourself, you're trusting mother nature to be able to produce what's next. If we give God the first fruits, we are trusting God to bless the rest. Are we catching that like this? Whether it's an agricultural world or whether it's an app world, the principle still works. When I wake up and I give God the first fruits of my day, I'm now asking God to bless the rest of my day. When I pray, I talk about meetings that I'm having. I talk about prayer requests or whatever. God bless this day. When I give God the first of my finances, I'm asking God to bless the rest of my finances. When I give God the first of my week, I'm asking God to bless the rest of my week. When I give God the first of my year, I'm asking God to bless the rest of my year. When I give God the first of my marriage, God bless my marriage. God bless my kids. Whenever I I give God what I have first. Why is so good? I am setting in motion a principle that says, I trust you, God, to be able to have your hand on everything else and to bless the rest. But only if I give God the first fruits. There's an opportunity or, or there's a story in Genesis where Cain and Abel are brothers and they both give offerings to God. And one of the offerings is given. It says God is not pleased by it because it wasn't the first offering. We got to give God the, if we want the blessing of God. We give him the first fruits. God, I'm trusting. Cause again, it's not about giving him one out of 10. It's about giving him one when nine isn't even promised. And going back to the farmer illustration, think about it like this. Think about two individuals sitting down 
One has taken the fruits and used it for himself, and one has the other one has given it to God. They're talking, and one says, "Hey, what what are you? You know, we're getting ready for a second uh, growth spurt of watermelons. What are you looking to? What are you What are you asking to be able to bless that?" And he's saying, "I'm looking to the weather reports, and I'm looking to my knowledge on farming." And I'm hoping that all of those things line up and give me a good second batch of watermelons. That guy says to him, what are you, what are you looking to? What are you doing? He says, I'm trusting God. And it's God who yields the field. Listen, I just have a word for you real quick. Not, not to get off track, but just a, a, a Holy Spirit word for you. In this season, with all that's happening, you can trust the weather patterns, right? You, you can trust what the news is saying. You can trust, you know, your farming ability, your knowledge. And you can sit back and go, man, this whole second batch, uh, I'm trusting my knowledge and I'm trusting what people say and I'm trusting our government officials and I'm trusting, you know, a mask and six feet apart and I'm trusting all of these things and it could work out. I'm not saying it doesn't, but wouldn't it be a lot better to be in this place where it's saying, hey, I'm giving it to God and I'm trusting God. I think it makes so much sense when it's agricultural because we can totally understand God controlling a plant. We understand we can we can totally see God making watermelon grow. We have a harder time seeing God have that kind of influence in our life personally. But what I'm telling you is with the well of marriage and the well of parenting, rest, generosity, all of those wells, if we will apply the principle of first and if we will start to give God the first of these things, then we will see that principle start to move in our life and God will be able to bless the rest. So, so here's what some of you might be saying. Say, well, okay, that's great. Pastor Troy, we really appreciate that. Good word, man. Um, what about the things that are already in motion and I can't really give God the first of it, right? Like, you know, I mean, I'm already in a motion of debt. I can't really give God, you know, the first of what I'm dealing with, or I'm, I've been married, we've been married for a long time, I can't really give God the first, or, you know, you're just having a hard time because this stuff's already in motion, and so it's not so much about needing God to bless the rest, you need God to bless the now, right? It's not, I need, don't need God to bless what's going to happen later, I need God to, to restore and shift and change things right now. What do we do with that? Well, there's another benefit of the principle of first, I'm going to give it to you, then I'm going to explain it real quick and we'll pray. First benefit is that God can bless the rest. If you give God the first of those areas of your life, God can bless the rest. The second thing is this. If you'll give God the first of those things in your life, God can redeem the rest. So watch this. I'm going to pick back to Exodus chapter 13 and look at verse 11. It says, After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised on oath to you and your ancestors, you are to give over to the Lord. Now, here's where this comes into play. You are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. All the firstborn males of the livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. So, Every firstborn donkey redeemed with a lamb. Okay, so let me break this down real quick and we'll pray. When it comes to sacrificing, there, there is an, there's a clean sacrifice and an unclean sacrifice. So he gives an illustration here with these animals. He gives the lamb, who is a clean sacrifice, that represented a clean animal. And then he gives a donkey that represents an unclean animal, right? So you got clean and unclean. Let, let me give a, a more context for us. The Bible says that we were born into sin, which makes us what? We are the 
unclean animals. So, so we are the donkeys in the story. You can look at your husband and go, I always knew you were. Stop. Don't say that. Kids are probably in the room. So, so we are the unclean animal. And then we need, what we need is an, a clean animal. So every clean animal has to be sacrificed. Every unclean animal has to be redeemed, right? So you need the clean animal to be sacrificed to redeem the unclean animal. Pastor, what are you talking about? We were unclean animals. We were represented by the donkey. Jesus was born without sin and never did sin so that he could be the clean sacrifice. That's why he's considered the lamb of God. So he was sacrificed so that we could be redeemed, right? And that's, that's praiseworthy right there just enough. But let me go a little deeper. Because he, the lamb of God, was sacrificed, the wells that you have in your life right now, that it's not, you know, they're already in motion and they're already needing restoration. They can be redeemed through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. To me, this is fantastic news. Not only can you start giving God the first of everything and see him bless the rest from now on, watch this, he can redeem everything up to this point. He can take a marriage that is broken and he can redeem it. He can take a, a child who's been raised up in a dysfunctional situation and redeem him. He can take a financial bank account that is destroyed and he can redeem it. God can take principles and attitudes and depression and all, and he can redeem it because he sacrificed it. Watch, Jesus was God's tithe. God sent Jesus as the Lamb of God to die so that the wells in our life that are messed up because we didn't have this principle 10 years ago. When I get married, when I got married, I didn't know the principle of first. When we had kids, I didn't know the principle of first. When, when I bought that house, I didn't know the principles of first. And because we didn't know those things, these wells have become dysfunctional. And it's not so much that we need God to help us reopen them. We need God to help us restore them. And because Jesus was the Lamb of God, because he was the clean animal that was sacrificed for the unclean animal, that well was the unclean, and it was his sacrifice that will redeem it. Come on, do you receive that this morning, church? Listen, two things are happening here. Number one, we want to give God the first of every area of our life so that he'll bless from this point on. But I want to talk to those of you for a moment who you're currently in the middle of something. And you're not so much quite worried right now about God blessing the future. You're more needing God to redeem the past. And Jesus climbing on that cross as a sinless, both 100% man and 100% God, climbing onto the cross sinless and dying a sinner's death, that was the sacrifice. He's the Lamb of God. That was the sacrifice we needed to be able to redeem the past. And so I want to give two quick challenges and then we'll pray. Number one are those of you that you need God to bless the rest. I'm encouraging you right now. You need to start giving the first fruits to God. What does that mean? Every concept, every area. Are you talking about finances? Of course I'm talking about finances, but I'm talking about every area. Don't stop at finances. Give God the first of your day. Give God the first of your marriage. Give God the first of your parenting. Give God the first of your week and give God the first, give God the first of every area of increase so that God can bless the rest. I want him to bless your finances, but I want him to bless your marriage. I want him to bless your, your, your household. I want him to bless your job. I want him to bless your mind. Give him the first of every area. Number two are those of you that say, hey, I've got some stuff that has ended up in a place. My kids are somewhere and it's my fault that they're there, but you know, we're so far in this now. My marriage is 
in this place and it's my fault that it's there, but we're, we're this far into this now. My, my finances are this place and, and it's my fault it's there, but we're this far into it now. What I need is I need God to redeem it. Start giving God the first of those things now. And the power of God is not just to bless the rest, but it's to redeem the past. What a word. There's no better time than right now for you and I to start applying the principle of first to every area of our life. Can I pray with you? Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for your word. We thank you for, a, for what a simple principle that is, but also what a powerful principle that is. And that, God, you gave it to us from Genesis all the way to Revelation. You showed it to us in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You showed us, showed us this in this person and that person because it's the principle, God, that you want us to live by in our life so that we can have a blessed life. Not just a blessed financial life, but a blessed family life and a blessed thought life and a blessed career and all these different things. You want to bless every area of our life. And the way that you do that is when we put you first in every one of those areas. And so right now, I just pray you'd move on the hearts of every person watching this video, every person, whether they're in their home or they're in their car, that they would just move, they would feel your word moving on their heart, the Holy Spirit operating in their spirit telling them that now is the time to have a perspective shift. Now is the time to talk to my spouse and talk to my kids and look at my daily schedule and look at, look at how I'm operating weekly and daily and yearly and start putting God first in all of those areas. And God, I stand on your word that if I'll put you first, Lord, you will bless the rest. So give us wisdom, give us discernment, give us direction on how to do that. Walk with us. Lord, be first in our lives in every area. We want to live by that principle so that you will bless and redeem. And most of all, that we could grow in a relationship with you. Father, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.